0: Hello there, welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another episode, I'm your host Aaron Osborne, this episode my guest is Lee from Potion, Lee did the podcast a couple months ago, actually it was probably about a year ago now, start of uh, doing this again, talk to me about Metallica, Um, this episode we're just talking about Potion. Because Potion have an awesome new record that just came out called Oath to Flame. You can check it out on all the streaming things, on the internet, and it will be out soon in real life. Um, But just go check out Potion and you can see all the details for that. Um, So yeah, Lee and I talked about the old Potion records, what I like so much about the band, um, the riffs of theirs that I obsess over um a bunch of other stuff and then the new record oath of flame which is fucking great so go and check it out um in the episode lee talks about a bunch of stuff but importantly some shows that they're playing soon one of which that i'm playing which is uh sunburn in canberra on the 22nd of may with pod people lucifungus astro death and master leonard at the basement, it'll be fucking sick. Get some pre sale tickets because it will sell out because that happens now because of venue capacities. So go look into that. And otherwise, you know, like and subscribe. There's a video of this on YouTube if you want to check that out and look at me and Lee talk to each other on Zoom. Um, otherwise, enjoy episode 111 of the Oblivious Maximus podcast. With Lee from Potion, talking about Potion. Fucking brutal. Lee, thank you for doing this podcast with me.
1: Thank you for having me, man.
0: My absolute pleasure. All right, so... I guess first things first, this one is going to be slightly different to the more recent ones I've been doing and the last one you did with me where we were talking about a record in particular. Now we are just talking about your records this time instead.
1: It's a lot easier to talk about Metallica, I think.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so the first thing I wrote down here, so as, as I just said before, I spent the last... Um, Two days, I guess, just on my drives to and from work, just listening to the Potion Records and and thinking of things.
1: Thank you you for doing that. And I also I'm sorry.
0: No, that's fine. You know, I've got to give you that zero point zero zero eight cents
1: off your Spotify streams. (laughs) I'll think about you next time I buy my coffee.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well think about me when you have half a sip of one coffee. That's what I've contributed. I'm to
1: get one drop of coffee on my tongue to you. Like this <laughs> one's for ads.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, so the first thing that I thought of when I was listening to it the other day, um, when I was listening to the first record, was from memory, you and I did a podcast together when you used to do a podcast with your brother. Yeah. And I believe in that episode that you and I did together, we talked... Like jokingly about you starting a Doom band or like a I always
1: wonder I always wonder if you remember that actually.
0: Yeah. And I think I don't know. I mean I'd have to go back and listen to it, but I'm relatively certain we talk about you starting a band called Potion in that episode.
1: Well, it's it's funny because I don't even think we said the word potion. Right. But I remember we hadn't even met, so that's the first time we met was when you're on my podcast. And then um, I think that month, me and Stella um, drove from Melbourne, like drove home from Melbourne to Sydney and we were just trying to pass the time. And we had this like, you know, this imaginary doom band we wanted to start. So we just, um, for like two or three hours of that trip, we just brainstormed names. And on that podcast, I read you the list of names because I was like, you're the doom guy. You're like Mr. Doom. (laughs) Good. I've never met you before But here's a list of names Which one do you think is uh, appropriate? And I remember like 9 out of 10 of them Were already band names Because that is how Doom works um, Yes yeah, I was like Bog and you were like Already a band And I was like, uh, I don't know, Dirt And you are like, already a band um,
0: Well, I'm glad yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad in that first interaction I was like a Doom elitist <laughs> Sorry about that
1: I don't even think Potion was on the list yet Um, but we were really, we were really close to becoming, being called hypnosis. Yep. I remember that was a front runner. Um, what, what helped land on potion? I have no idea. I remember it was like, it wasn't even on the list. And I think someone just said it like briefly, like someone mentioned it. Um, Mm -hmm. and we were going back and forth on the names on the list for ages. And we knew we wanted it to be like, like pentagram or just like one of those, like, like late 70s, um, like band names that are stupid. Like, like you know, yeah. if like you're in a high school band in like 1976. Um, <laughs> it's just one word and it's really generic. And um, like before band names were good. That's what we kept saying. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, we just like, I don't know. I think we just got tired, fed up with the list. And someone was just like, why don't we just call it Potion? Like that one was pretty good. And yeah. I was like, yeah, all right, let's do it.
0: I like... I remember I remember that doing that podcast fondly because um you picked me up, which was the the best thing ever of doing a podcast with someone in Sydney. When I remember being asked, I was like, fucking hell, I'm trying to get anywhere in Sydney's just for me and my brain, it's such a nightmare. And then when you're like, I'll come pick you up, I was like, I will do simply whatever you ask of me because you've collected me.
1: And we were we were so desperate for guests. Uh, we did a lot of driving <laughs> podcast <laughs> because I'd like check if like a band was touring Sydney, and I'd be like, Oh shit, they're here this weekend. And I'd be like, do you want to be on the podcast? And they'd be like, Oh, we, I mean, we're staying here and we're playing here at this time. If you can. And I'd be like, yeah, we'll be there. We'll pick you up. Um, so we ended up picking up a lot of people. Well,
0: I'm, um, you know, I'm happy to have, to have been a part of it. And for anyone listening, you know, if you want to go and check out the episode where we maybe discuss the potion band name, it's, I assume it's still on the podcast app, right? Talent Scout?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's
0: still up. I'm not sure. It's been a well, minute. Go check it out. Anyway, that's a little uh, pod boost for you. Um, the <laughs> So the, the next question I wrote down is, I think from just messaging you a while ago, maybe that you had mentioned to me that the... So I, I've expressed previously my love for um your your song seven sorcerers and the the bridge riff in particular in that song and yeah from from memory i believe you told me that that nearly didn't make it to the song
1: yeah it's so funny that like you mentioned that once like when it first came out and i always thought it was just one of those thoughts like oh he likes that part and now like over the years i've heard you mention it like four or five times and now i'm like oh he really oh, yeah. likes that part. <laughs> yeah i <love> that riff. <laughs> Yeah, I remember exactly when we were writing it because um, that was only the second song we wrote and I was stuck on that path for ages, like the end of the song. Yeah. And um, I wrote it and I showed Stella and the the word she used was too hopeful. She's like, it's just too hopeful. (laughs) She's like, we're supposed to be a fucking doom band. It's too hopeful. And I was like, "Ah, you're right, you're right. And I like, I had it on the back burner for like a couple of weeks. And then I went back to it and um, I think I added like a second guitar part over it. And I was like, what about now? And Like, it's too good to not use now. I know it's hopeful. And uh, <laughs> she was like, I don't know, it's still too hopeful. And we made a compromise where I just made sure the riff after it was really fucking heavy. Yeah. I was Like, we'll get back to it, all right? Like, we'll be like a couple of seconds of hope and then back to misery. And she was like, all right. And like, like when I wrote that next riff, um, the breakdown that comes after it, then she was like, okay, I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> well, you
0: know, if, if I hope if anything that she appreciates that as hopeful as it was, it has made me talk about it for like five years. her <laughs> I mean, a, I mean, a little bit, every time you bring it up, she's just like, Ugh. <laughs> sorry, Stella. Yeah. Um, so was that, was, was that the first song that you
1: wrote like for the band? Well, the first song we wrote was Grave Maker, which is the second song on that EP. Right. And okay. we, the the idea was originally, like I, I was going through a phase where I was really, really into like um heavy psych from the 60s. And yeah. I was obsessed with finding bands, like it's like everyone knows Black Sabbath. Everyone got into Black Sabbath when they started playing guitar and stuff. And I kind of had like a resurgence of like getting back into Sabbath at that time. Um because of my lifestyle (laughs) um (laughs) then uh, I basically was just like what are the other bands that Sabbath played with like what were the bands that influenced Sabbath who were ripping him off at the time and I went through a phase of getting into bands that were kind of like um just around at the time that kind of gotten you know forgotten like a lot of the heavy psych stuff so originally we wanted to be I wanted the band to be kind of like you know like the band lucifer or um uh-huh. like one of those bands where it's kind of like you know the, the the guitars aren't even that fuzzy it's just kind of like a treble booster and like um maybe a double cutaway les paul like just really kind of blues rock stuff sure um and gravemaker the demo of gravemaker when we listen to it now it's hilarious because it is it is very very stripped back and really um sounds like a different band okay and um when Grizzo got in a band Um, and Stella just loves like Stella just fucking loves like the the most brutal heavy stuff like um, like we'll listen to Grief or Conan and shit like that and she'll be like can we sound like this and I'm like all right <laughs> <laughs> so, so we basically I wrote these songs with the intention of being these kind of like psyche hard rock songs and then once we started jamming we just kind of and because we we're like me and Grizzo used to play in hardcore bands so it just didn't feel right so we ended up just getting playing them heavier and adding more and more fuzz and then the more gear i got the kind of louder it got and um i remember when the recording came out it kind of ended up something completely different um Mm.
0: yeah it's it's really funny with that too and that's like something that i've always i I would kind of like i had band practice last night and we were kind of talking about it last night how like if no matter what i've done since i started playing music like it always ends up just being a metal band like in one way yeah, or another like yeah. and the only time it's not been like that is when I've played in bands where I've contributed like nothing to the music like I've just been a person playing the instrument and in those circumstances like it's not been you know I haven't like snuck trem picking in or a blues riff in but otherwise if I'm doing it like I mean I, I even remember you know I, I was for a little while trying to write some stuff that was like you know, not that it's too dissimilar, but like Queens of the Stone Age or you know, Kaya C or something. And then I recorded it and I'm just like, Well, I recorded it tuned in drop A, so it's not yeah. Queens
1: of the Stone Age. <laughs> it's just too fucking tempting, man. It's too tempting. <laughs> yeah. I can't get like away from it, but I'm again like try I'm again at the point where I'm like, do I start like a bluesy kind of hard rock band? Because I'm listening to all that sort of stuff again and and like what I listen to for fun mostly, like lately seems to be fucking like early Def Leppard and just like silly metal. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I'd love to write music like this. And then as soon as you put like a bunch of high gain on it, it kind of just sounds, um, it just kind of sounds like fucking Motley Crue or something. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just too tempting to, um, to play hard. Like the harder you play stuff, you're like, well, that sounds a little bit better. And then,
0: you just keep going for me every time that like i would go down that route as well the, the other problem that i had and i don't know if you have this too but like whenever i'd try and write something it was always like when i exist weren't doing anything and then it'd be then i'd like write it and then i was and i'd then i'd just put more gain on it or tune it down a little bit and i was like this is a great i exist if i can't use this for some like band that's never going to happen <laughs> like i'm going
1: to save this thing Yeah, I always wonder how bands who have like one main band and then like other bands that are kind of similar, I'm like, how do you choose where that riff goes?
0: Because I'd just
1: be like, I just want it all to go to the main band and be like, that's too good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. All right, so my
0: next note in my driving to and from work journey through the Potion Catalog, um, Mm -hmm. I guess kind of links in to the the new release, um, is that I feel like, the i suppose the progression from the you know 7 sorcerers gravemaker release progresses pretty naturally into the women of the wand release like it, it sounds like sort of the natural next step i suppose yeah when when writing that stuff was was there any consideration for like developing the songs further or do you think that just came naturally after like you know, having put something out and thinking a bit more about the band.
1: I think at the start, because like I said, like we came from punk and hardcore, and I've always kind of written these two-minute songs. Um, and I guess with the first release, we just wanted to like try doom. <laughs> like I know that sounds, yeah, sure. like, but it was just it was about like just kind of getting our feet wet. So it was just a matter of, like, getting used to writing the songs. And and we like the tropes of the genre. Like, we really... There are a lot of bands, I feel like, especially in Sydney, that kind of try to move away from um, the kind of tropiness of the genre. Um, but I like kind of... Or, like, especially when we first started, a lot of our friends in hardcore bands and stuff would be like, oh, you, like, it all sounds the same. Or you're like, how how many songs can you play that one riff? But that's what I fucking love about it. Um, yeah. So the first time it was really about leaning into all the stuff I liked about Doom and not really trying to do anything different or put our stamp on it too much. Um, it was just about, I don't know, getting acquainted with the genre and having fun writing it. And then with the next one, I felt like it was just like, it was a little bit more about putting our stamp on it. Um, but I don't know how conscious we were of that. Like, I remember we wrote the women of the Wand riff, like the same time we wrote the earlier stuff. Um, And it was in drop D and I was kind of like, I don't know, like we debated whether it was even like a potion riff for a really long time because we're like, is this too heavy? Yeah. Um But as soon as I started singing over it, it just kind of sounded like us. So Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. It wasn't really conscious, it was just like um, yeah, just we just kind of that was just the next batch of songs and I don't know. I guess, yeah, I just felt like we kind of um we were a little bit more attuned to the genre and we could, we were just more comfortable with it to do our own yeah. thing.
0: Yeah. I think, I think another thing too, like, like you're saying, I guess people not, or I guess maybe your peers that you're talking with about those things, not really understanding it too, is a really, I think it really jars people as well when people have been known for doing something and then they like, they, they take a, a right hand turn or something, you know, and it, and it goes a different way. Um, I mean, I remember that, that was really a big thing for us with, with starting I Exist. We, I mean, other than me, like none of the other guys had been in like heavy, heavy bands, well, you know, like for, for lack of a better word, heavy bands, but like that all been from, you know, playing in punk and hardcore bands. And it was a similar thing where like, I think people thought like, oh, wow, this is weird. And then we definitely got similar feedback. Like when I tried to write the first like stoner riff for i exist and i just put it in a song and no one said anything no one in the band had any negative to say about it so i was like well great and then i can just change the band to be entirely this (laughs) and then but like i remember the first time we showed it to someone someone was like why is that in there and i was like it's fine it'll
1: you'll get it you'll get used to it (laughs) like it's funny because like coming from hardcore for a really long time um, being in a metal band or like metal was kind of like a dirty word, I feel like. Yeah. And it was safe within the confines of hardcore. Like you could wear a Sepultura shirt or wear a Metallica shirt and rip off their riffs. But if you were like in a metal band, it was kind of gross. Like being in yeah. a metal band, like, you're like IT brother with the goatee, like he's into black metal, <laughs> you know, like it was, it was never a cool thing to do. And at some yeah. point in the last like 10 years, that barrier got broken by a lot of bands. Um, yeah. And to me, a lot of the current metal bands, extreme metal bands that I love all come from a hardcore background. Yeah. Um, and it's because at some point, like, and you can even see it within one band, like certain bands, like Twitching Tongues or like some other hardcore bands, you can see them like flirting with metal. And then at some point just being like, Oh, Powertrip's a great example. Like yeah, yeah. they started off, you know, they're wearing like like and and baseball caps and shorts and they're playing hardcore shows and then it's and they're flirting with metal and at some point they're just like fuck it we're a metal band and um it might it might be hard for people to understand that didn't come from like our world but it really was something you didn't do until a certain point um and for me like I used to play in a band called Civil War and I didn't even love hardcore like yeah I didn't like I remember they asked me to join and they were in a big like a biggish band called persist at the time and I was just like all I listened to was like anthrax and violence and sepultura and I was like if I can write these riffs um I'll be in your band and they were just like all right and so I'd write these kind of like five six minute songs at the start and then we would get it to the jam room and they would kind of turn it into a two minute hardcore song yeah um so for me like my my favorite hardcore bands were promags and leeway and they're pretty much metal bands anyway um so yeah when the kind of yeah when the opportunity came to kind of just like be a metal band it was just it was so refreshing and it's kind of what i'd always wanted to do but i don't know this it felt like being part of that community it was kind of like it's just something you didn't do for a really long time you know yeah and i think it's really
0: i think it's like I guess like our, I don't know, you know, the people we were hanging out with and the age that we are as well. I think, cause I mean, yeah. like I had sort of like the different side of it where I was playing in metal bands and that was all I was doing. But it was kind of like exactly what you're saying. Like, it was like, I was playing with the IT guy brothers, not, not with <laughs> the people I was actually friends with. And so like, then I started playing music with the people that I was friends with. And I was like the long hair guy with two kick drums in a melodic hardcore band, and then it like yeah. I managed to just slowly over time convince them otherwise, like let's play metal instead, you know. Yeah, um, sure. So the I was I don't know this is I just left this in here to say it, but I was writing I was like <laughs> writing a note about um women of the wand, and I don't know what I kind of know what I was meaning to write, but what I what my phone auto corrected it to was outro heavy piss with Rambo is what it's come out as. And I believe, I believe what I was trying to write was heavy pit with Tambo because there's a
1: tambourine. (laughs) Yeah. So that's people always, people always notice that tambourine. I feel like it's so low in the mix, but we always get comments about it. I mean, it's great. um, It's one of my, one of my favorite parts of the song. You know what that is? That's a Mastodon thing. Me and me and Grizzo, like one of the first things when Grizzo joined the band was um, like, it's so funny because like uh, Grizzo, our drummer like played in a bunch of hardcore bands before he joined Potion and I did as well, but we just never kind of um, kind of like me and you, like we just, our circles never really met. Yeah. Um, and then so when I met him, it was just a matter of, it was just like insane. <laughs> it was like, you're obsessed with Mastodon? I'm obsessed with Mastodon as well. Um, <laughs> So when he first joined the band that's pretty much all we talked about um and they do those little documentaries for all the making of the albums mm. and something they do on every album is they bring in like just a box full of toys and they just kind of they've got tambourines and like cabasses and yeah we're you know just like you know music class shit and whenever <laughs> they finish a the record they just kind of put that stuff all over everything and um we used to talk about how rad that was, like when we first started. And so when we, whenever we write a song, we always have that thing where like, can we fit a tambourine in here? Or like, <laughs> <laughs> we're always trying to squeeze in percussion um, because of that mastodon thing, we kind of bonded over at the start. And that was, that was a definite moment where we were like, yeah, we recorded that riff and we were listening back to it in the studio. And we were like, I think we can sneak a tambourine in here. <laughs> Finally, um, yeah, and it sounds weird because it's like, like you said, it's like a pit riff with a tambourine over it. But yeah, I feel like the tambourine adds like a level of mysticism to stuff. You know, yeah. like you put enough you know, reverb on a tambourine, it'll take you to, a- to another dimension.
0: <laughs> you know, it really, it really makes you think. You know, it makes you sit there just m- much like Mastodon. You know, it makes you reach the astral plane. You know, try yeah. and find and that's, the that's outer really self. Weird. <laughs> yeah um all right so let's let's talk about let's talk about the new thing so by the by the time this is on the internet obviously it'll it'll be available to listen to i assume
1: yeah it's yeah it's um cult nation is dropping it tomorrow and then it'll be on streaming on everything on friday which will probably be the path after this is so.
0: <laughs> yeah perfect um all right. So I think the first thing that I would say is like I kind of mentioned before this now kind of sounds like the next step of the la- of of Women of the Wand which is like I mean that's great that, that that it's sort of continuing on from that. But to me this really sounds like a like a full level up on that as well. Like it takes a lot of those cool parts I think where to me it sounds like you know the song's start sort of seeing their next Um, progression piece and this sort of takes takes it to the next step and I think uh, and so I guess the first thing that I wanted to ask is like with this is there I know you're like obviously you've been a band now for for quite a long time like does do these songs now take on um any newer or like different levels of influence or do you think these songs just sort of grow from now potions a band. you know what potion is like this is the next
1: set of potion songs um i don't know it's i'm well i'm glad you said that because i (laughs) i when i write it it's hard to really see that side of it or like how it's different or if it is different at all um Mm -hmm. and i always ask stella and stella's just like (laughs) Stella, Stella did this thing where she got featured in Revolver for her drawings during quarantine, mm-hmm. and she got interviewed by um, Bran from Mastodon. So yeah. she, they had a they had a Zoom meeting in the living room, and I <laughs> hid on the stairs and listened to it. And at one, point, at one point, he was talking about the new Mastodon album, and he was talking about like. Um, he was kind of giving like the PR riff on it, and he was just like, Yeah, sure. there's some doom, there's some doomy songs, but there's also some more kind of like um Zeppelin classic rock, like, and it was kind of the stuff that I'd read that he'd been saying to the media. And yeah. then he, he said, So, what's like your band's new stuff like? Like, he was kind of giving her an opportunity to kind of like talk about what it's like, and she just goes, Oh, yeah, it's pretty good, it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> now whenever we talk about the new songs people are like what it's like what's it like and i was just like yeah it's pretty good it's the same and stella just laughs, laughs. but um yeah it's pretty good it's the same in my opinion yeah um no i uh, i, thanks I think, to
0: stella's pr prowess <laughs> for that answer
1: yeah and after she got off the call i was like it's pretty good it's the same <laughs> he was, was giving you a shining opportunity to talk about the band um but I don't know I think I would say if it is any different um it comes from just playing a lot I think I think yeah. we know what, what kind of like what I know what goes off when we play and what people really respond to and what we have the most fun playing yeah uh, so and I'm getting more and more comfortable moving away from the original kind of like brief of the band like I said I kind of wanted it to be this psych rock thing and now it's kind of like, well, we're clearly not that. We're this. So um, let's just lean into it. And I think this heavier stuff. Um, and I think, I think I also like during like 2020, like that whole year, like all I listened to was death metal. Like I yeah. got really obsessed with death metal. And um, I think that crept into the writing a little bit as well. Um, like all three of us, actually, we all just got super into like, we're, that's pretty much all we listened to last year yeah so I think that crept in a little bit um, yeah I think it's probably just um yeah the, the stuff that go that that goes off live and listening to a lot of death metal if 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 that I mean I do miss like I think there is um, like a psychia element of the band that um, kind of goes to the wayside a little bit on this EP but I think when with the album I think there's a lot of room for that as well because I still love. I still love that stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, there's no, and there's nothing stopping you from combining it. I mean, I think that just given that as well, the releases that you've done to this point, are you know, a short bursts essentially. So it's, it's pretty, it's got to be pretty refined. I mean, I think that, you know, certainly I'd say this, this recording is like, it's so much heavier. Like what, in terms of like the record, I would say like just the, the way it sounds like, I don't, I don't, like the riffs are obviously they're heavier too, but I mean I think the the thing that I noticed and and like another sort of note I wrote down was just like a lot of it to me sounds like I guess when it, listening contextually to like the end of Sleep for example moving into the start of High on Fire like that's what I was likening it to and like this this to me is like it it there's a lot of that like. I suppose like more like metal, heavier metal riffing happening, but in the context of a doom band, I suppose. And yeah. so like, I mean, for me, like that's, I love that. Like, I mean, I love both sides of it. I obviously love the more bluesy side of it, but I really love the heavy stuff too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think the the way that the recordings come out on it really brings out how fucking heavy it is, which is great. Like it sounds awesome.
1: But like my favorite, like high on fire is like one of my favorite bands ever. And I like not allowed to listen to them anymore because I just start writing high on fire songs.
0: (laughs) Um, My favorite stuff of high on fire still is the slow songs. Like whenever high on fire have a slow song on a record, that's the, to me, it's the best song. And like, I think, I think it's because I like, I mean, the dude is so good at writing. I mean, he wrote arguably one of the, the best one hour long songs of all time. So he can write (laughs) slow shit is very much in his wheelhouse. But like, so, and that's, that's honestly what I, I think these two songs like remind me of the most is like, is high on fire, which might say, I think, I guess in the context of talking about potion, that might sound weird given that, as you just said, they're sort of now known as like a thrash band, but that's what this really reminded me of. That's cool. Um, so the the next the, the the note that I put down about the first song Torchbearer is mm-hmm. that I think you know you got a front runner now for another Aaron will talk about it for five years bridge <laughs> bridge into outro riff.
1: That's where I really I really I, I I liked to make people wait six or seven minutes for the for the good riff it's like a reward like you've sat through enough bullshit yeah here's the best riff of the song um it's not like the great it's not the greatest marketing like strategy like three people hear it well we've we've
0: already heard of Stella's PR prowess so we're not (laughs) expecting much
1: it's good it's the same it's good (laughs) yeah so like the wiggly riff in Torchbearer you mean yeah, and then and
0: then like it it moves into what I would describe as like probably, you know, your other songs have like breakdown type riffs, but I think the last riff is probably like the first legit like potion pit riff.
1: Like you could mosh to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slowly, but you could. Yeah. We we call it fight doom. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> Yeah. I like that. It, yeah, but I don't know. I think that was actually tough because every, when we were recording it, we, we, we really had to like sludge it up so it didn't sound like a metalcore band. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like that riff. I don't know. I think it's just, um, like I said, like we still listen to a lot of hardcore and we still listen to death metal and there's certain stuff from those genres that I still really like. And um, I don't know. It's not even on purpose. Like I said, I wasn't even sure that this stuff sounded that different from the older stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just stuff that's fun to play live.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the other thing too, that like you and I've talked about recently was also like, I suppose like the way the vocals sound on this too, like the vocals and I think as well, the, like the guitar leads too are far more to the front now than even like, I mean, on seven sorcerers, the vocals and the leads are like way in the back. And like, was that, I mean, I, I know you mentioned, you know, when we talked about it previously, you mentioned putting the vocals up front a bit more, keeping them a bit cleaner was more to represent how you guys play live, but is it, was that like the conscious thought on doing this or was that kind of an afterthought of recording it?
1: It was honestly, I think it's kind of a result of when we first started, um, we were a clean singing band and coming from hardcore, that mm. is... That's scary. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's really not something you fuck with. So I guess we really wanted the early stuff to sound like a doom band. Like the production style of doom is such an important part of being a doom band and the guitar tone having fucking super loud guitars and kind of drums and vocals in the back. Like it was really just, like I said, it was kind of like discovering the genre and discovering where we sit in the genre. So, um, it was really important at the start that we got it right. Um, and that meant quiet vocals kind of, you know, um, even some of the solos and stuff like that, I didn't want them to be too show offy. I kind of wanted them to be pretty buried, but now yeah. it just feels like, like we're clearly a doom band. This is, we've done it for a little while now. And yeah, especially live when, when we play live, like I don't really fuck with, um, vocal effects or anything like that. Cause it's just like, I'm stressed enough with my, guitar rig, um yeah I just don't have two amps to worry about yeah two amps to worry about and then like singing and playing and then just having to deal with that extra level it just never seemed worth it to me so when we play live my and like we don't have our own sound guy so like the vocals just end up quite upfront, and I kind of have to sing well (laughs) 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 so yeah I just I just figured we'd lean into it a little bit more on this recording and just be a little bit more similar to how
0: we are live. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the other thing too, is like, particularly, I think like the overall sound of it leans well to that too, given that, um, like, I think like the, it being like a really heavy overall tone and like the drums sound massive on it, like they sound much more like a live, you know, like seeing a band like yourselves live. And as you said, like, you know, often when you're not, uh, when you don't have the, I guess the, you know, the the fortune or the opportunity to have a sound guy that knows your sound and can tailor it to you. Sometimes you just get a house guy that's probably pretty good, but what he's good at is just like guitars up, kick drum up, vocals up, that's it, you yep. know? And I mean, I think, you know, you guys, it's, I mean, I think a lot of, well, certainly like doom or slower metal really lends well to that live because it's hard to fuck up like that tone like it's pretty like if the band is doing most of the work all you really need to do is turn it up you
1: know Dude, that, is, that is the whole ethos of this band is just like yeah. make it hard to fuck up like that's why there's <laughs> that's why there's three of us that's why mm. um you know what i mean like no one can bail from practice if there's only three of us and we hang out most of the time anyway um <laughs> And it's also just like, yeah, having two amps that are, like, as long as my guitars are loud live, um, you, like you can't, there's not a lot to fuck up. It's just one guitar sound, a bass and drums. And um, yeah, that's always been really important for us. It's just like, keep it, keep it super simple.
0: Yeah. And like, I, I think the, like the, like, you know, I, I obviously just mentioned it, but I think the guitar leads too on this, like, you know, I, I think it really complements like the way it's, you know, the, the riffing is there and does lean a little bit and help, I think like blend it a bit more with the maybe bluesier aspect of it because, you know, it's not like you, I guess ripping like shred solos over top of it or whatever. It's still got that sort of doomy like vibe to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've never been like a shredder. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose being a three-piece band live too, like when you guys play, like when you play guitar solos live, it's it's a guitar solo. Like that's what you're hearing, you know, like, and I guess like it's good to, it's good to have that forward on the recording too, because then, you know, when you get to playing the song live, it'll line up
1: more with the way it sounds, I guess. Yeah. And that, that I mean, they came up with mixing a lot as well. There'd be parts where, I'd be like, can we have this guitar like more up front, more up front? And then, you know, our producer would be like, that's pretty up front. And I'd be like, you got to remember, there's three of us. Yeah. Like, yeah. On, like all you can hear is me. Um, and man, like one time we played without Stella and it was just me and, me and Grizzo because Stella got sick. Um, and it was <laughs> it was a mistake, for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> but for another thing as soon like it sounded like okay during the rhythm parts and as soon as I started soloing I felt like naked it was yeah it was bizarre um but yeah it's even with Stella it's kind of um that's why I kind of lay up, delay over everything because it is super exposing doing a guitar solo with no second guitar behind you.
0: yeah well I think that's one of like the I think that there's I read it somewhere once but that that was like a big thing with Pantera why Dimebag solos have so much like so many effects on them like they all have wah or there's like you know the dive bombs are not just there to fill gaps it was actually because like when they played live and he was playing guitar by himself and they didn't play to a backing track the second he started soloing like it needed to be yeah big enough to just
1: distract people from the fact that the riff just disappeared like yeah
0: I, it always, I've
1: always kind of gone back and forth on Pantera, like, cause there are some recordings where there is a backing track behind his solo yeah, and there, uh, I think later on they stopped doing that and all you can hear is just Rex's bass tone in the back. And as a yeah. kid, I, I hated that the riff fell out. Like it really mm. bothered me. And now that I'm older, I kind of fucking love, especially yeah. because Rex's bass tone is so like rad and heavy. Um, mm i go back and forth on it i we we always record a, a second guitar track behind solos and stuff like that but um but i think I that's know. just I... that's just kind of the band that you are too like it's how
0: i think the other thing i mean i, I mean I obviously like our my band has been like an incredibly poor culprit for it in that like we didn't need three guitar players like <laughs> the only reason we did it was because Honestly, we did not want to kick a friend out of our band. Like
1: you can't. <laughs> we were watching videos of I Exist the other night, and we were literally like, "I don't even know three guitar players." <laughs> well, I, th- I think that's
0: th- the best thing about I Exist is that everyone in the band plays guitar, so it was very easy. We just knew all the guitar players we knew are all in the band. <laughs> My thing with with like with us was like when we we're recording. You know, I remember sometimes we'd be recording and people were like we get to do the third rhythm track and it would be like it's not really we're not adding anything here. And then that's why like the third record is like it's just so many guitar parts cuz we got to the point where like we can't justify having three of us unless we're playing three different things. And I think one of my like favorite parts of that record that it doesn't get heard but there's a song on the record that Josh didn't learn the the song. Like he just didn't learn the guitars for the song. (laughs) So he just, when it came to recording that song, he just soloed for the entire length of the song. And we just (laughs) cut out the bits where Jake was singing. So like, it's just like solo, Jake, solo, Jake, solo, Jake.
1: Like a Santana song?
0: Yeah, yes. Uh, Josh (laughs) Josh is
1: fat Canberra Santana. Man, I listened to Supernatural the other day while I was making some IKEA furniture. It deserved every Grammy it won. It is a masterpiece. You know, the dude can shred, you know, he can rip. I just love that like this guy who was like a psych like legend from the 60s, like had this resurgence like 30 years later in like the Cuban pop music sphere. (laughs) Like that blows my mind. I love that. It's like if Jimmy Page had like a hit song in 2001 with like Samantha Mumba or
0: something. <laughs> <laughs> whole his career,
1: it's beautiful. It's amazing to me. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. So the, the second song on, on the new release, um, I think another really big part for me is a pit riff into guitar lead turn is another like favorite of mine in, uh, in riffing and hallucination blues has a good one for that. has like a good pit riff that just drops into a guitar solo and then back to heavy again. It's great
1: mission rights.
0: Sorry. I don't know where I got blues from. Maybe I was just so revved up. Blues, by it.
1: Yeah. I wish it was called hallucination blues. That's much cooler. Um, well, you still got time. these songs are so long I'm literally like when do I play a pit riff into a solo in this song
0: (laughs) well it's the (laughs) guitar solo that's that's where I like okay
1: yeah
0: thank you man it's very good so obviously you mentioned before that you you guys are writing a record and like is that I mean that's something obviously you've been working on for a while now is are these songs, like, the tease for that? Is that the same sort of path you're going down or are you still working on that stuff at the moment?
1: The weird thing about the album was after, like, we had, I felt like we we started with those two EPs and, um, like, when we started, it was kind of supposed to be a little project, like, for me and Stella. Um, mm. Like, you know, we talked about it for a really long time and we finally did it. And then even when we asked Grizzly to join the band, it was kind of a matter of, like, he was doing um, legions that would eventually become Wreath at the time as well. And he was like, all right, this will be my slide band." Um, and then we just had so much fun doing it. And the shows we were playing were like, I played like the best shows of my life in Potion. Yeah. And so we just fell in love with it. And um, I don't know, we had like this kind of like crazy couple of years at the start. And then just before 2020, like 2018 or 2019, we had like, Just like a bad year (laughs) like a bad year for everyone in the band and um like there were two breakups in the band like even like me and Stella separated for a time and it was just a fucking bad year I think we like all of us like within the band I think we moved house like three or four times in one year um and it was just one of those years uh where yeah nothing it was just a struggle like struggle to get everything together um, and then we were kind of like, all right, we're back on track. Everything's good. Um, we're f- like, we're ready to go. Let's write this album. And then like 2020 kind of happened and, um, <laughs> was like much worse than the years preceding it. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I felt like when we, like, so we spent a lot of time writing the album in 2020, um, But I would say, like, obviously a lot of people had a much worse 2020 than we did. And then, Mm. um, but it just was rough and it took its toll on us. And it was just really hard. I don't know. I realized how much like joy and I get out of like doing stuff. I know that sounds stupid. And I know everyone kind of went well, but um, I don't know. It was just like, I didn't realize how much performing, I didn't realise how much seeing friends, I didn't realise how much um just, you know, regular normal life was keeping me afloat. I think last year for me was just kind of learning to be happy and learning to survive without all that stuff. Which I know this is like fucking obvious because we all went through the same thing. But mm-hmm. at the time it was very surprising, you know. Um oh yeah.
0: I mean yeah. I, I still I still find it like it's still weird to me that I mean, one of the hardest things for me to do the whole time, like we, when we were like the lockdown stuff here, like I just had no desire to play guitar, like none at all. And I've, I've like never had that before in my life. And I was just like, but I think the thing for me, was like the whole reason I like playing music and I like playing guitar and stuff is because I like playing in a band and I like playing shows and I like seeing people and I couldn't do it. So I think playing guitar to me was just like, well, who the fuck knows when I can do any of that stuff again. So doing this sucks. <laughs> like, It was weird because I always knew
1: I liked that stuff. I always knew I liked being social and I always knew I liked going out and playing and, um, touring, but I didn't, I guess last year I realized I was like, Oh shit, I need this stuff. <laughs> 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 um, so, I mean, I wrote a lot last year. Um, mm. and these were two of the first songs um that we wrote for the album and by the end of last year and it was just such a fuck of just like especially I know a lot of countries have had it worse than us but in Australia it was this there was so many like false false hopes it was just like things are back yeah. to normal now um let's book some shows and then two weeks later it was like shut the shit down <laughs> cancel <your show." laughs> yeah. um, so it was this thing of just kind of like getting hope that things would be back to normal and then getting it taken away and by the end of the year we were just um we were like okay we can release this album but with recording and mixing and doing it through a label like it won't come out for a really long time and we won't have any output during this fucking weird year you know yeah and we saw a lot of bands kind of putting out eps and putting out singles and covers and stuff like that and a lot of that stuff made the year a little bit better for me you know Mm -hmm. like it was great hearing you even if it wasn't an album so for us we were just like this year sucked. And we've been listening to these two songs for a year. Let's just get them out. Let's just put them out. Um, And it was just uh, on, on the other hand, it was also like, I just missed being in the studio. Like it had been two years since we've been in the studio and we were like, I just want to record some shit. Um, So it doesn't mean the album will take any longer. We just wanted to get these out um, and have something out to just kind of remember this weird year that we all kind of went through and yeah, yeah, I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to hear those songs anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah. after like- well, you got yeah. Particularly, yeah. like, I think that's the other
0: a, a thing I think a lot of people, I guess, you know, don't think about is that like, oftentimes this shit's hanging around for ages. And it's yeah. like, to to do the next thing, you need to clean it out of the way. Like, you can't just, a lot of times you can't, you can't just let it die. Like, you don't just want to do nothing. You know, it's good because yeah. you're- you put in the effort to make it good. So you got to do something with it, you know?
1: Yeah. We just wanted to start, we just wanted to start fresh and put out some songs that had been hanging around for a while. Um, and yeah, it was, yeah, a lot, a lot of it was just wanting to get back in the studio and recording it because we missed it.
0: Yeah. And so like, do you, do you have plans now for what to do with the record or is it just going to kind of come as, as the next, however long comes?
1: Jimmy, yeah, I think, yeah, we just, we want to get it out, um, this year um for sure um and that's what we figured as well we're like well let's just get out the ep and then we can have two releases in one year um yeah sick yeah so and i guess musically yeah i think i think it'll carry on the sort of direction that we have with with the ep um Mm -hmm. like i said i kind of want to have more of those psyche elements and uh kind of like proggy stuff from the earlier but um yeah yeah sick and like, I mean, obviously
0: some shows are starting to come back up now. Um, do you have much sort of planned or are you thinking about doing that stuff? Are you thinking about trying to get
1: back into touring and stuff like that? Well, we're, we're, we're going to be announcing a launch show at Crowbar, uh, next Tuesday. Okay. Uh, so we're doing a launch with Astro death, mountain wizard, death, cult and Cull from Melbourne sick uh i'm really excited about that because it's like crowbar is kind of like you know our second home like we love it there so and they've obviously it's like a miracle that they're still open after last year and
0: mm.
1: really fucking excited like the lineup is awesome as well so I'm, I'm just excited to play again um yeah sick and it's been it'll be over a year since we played yeah so um I'm more excited to kind of just hang out at crowbar and drink heaps and hang out and watch bands than like actually play our set. Um, Cause it's been so long. Like I don't, I haven't even been to a show in over a year. So, yeah. Well,
0: um, I mean, the first, I played the first show that I, I think it was a year to the day almost or a year to the week since the last one I played. And I was kind of the same. Like, I was like, I'm so glad we're playing first because I'm going to get real drunk
1: Like it's that's what's happening tonight. Yeah, we're headlining, which sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Um and then uh this so that'll be on May 20th. Um and then that Saturday we're playing in Canberra, we're playing the Sunburn Fest with you guys. Um we're opening for pod people who are like fucking Australian Doom royalty. So truly. Those are two like really fucking amazing shows to like come back after a year. So yeah. I'm I'm like I have high expectations of joy.
0: <laughs> sure. Well, um, no. Canberra will be great. <laughs> It'll be I mean I'm sure the crowbar show will be awesome too. But like that, yeah, those are two like great things to return to after not having done it for a long time.
1: Yeah. And I think we'll be touring yeah, as soon as we can as well. We want to get we want to do Brisbane and Melbourne in the next couple of months as well. Um yeah. See looking forward. All
0: right. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to fucking cap it off. So thank you for chatting to me about um, your records and for giving me the pleasure of listening to uh, lots of potion to and from work for the last couple of days. So I appreciate it.
1: I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you for having me.